the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. Uh, Tonight, we're going to spend the first two segments talking about something very important to us, and that's our eyes. And we're going to talk about eye care. Joining us tonight is Dr. Donald Kammer, an optometrist uh, here in the Cleveland area. And uh, he's joining us tonight to talk about uh, some of these interesting questions about the most precious things, our eyes. Dr. Cameron, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Nick. As always, it's an absolute pleasure. I consider it a privilege to be here. Thank you. Right, so we were just talking uh, before the interview here that you haven't been on for a couple of years, or at couple least a long years. time. Yeah. So, but uh, just to refresh everyone's memory, um, optometry is, is something that's probably the the first line of eye protection as far as seeking uh, medical help uh, from people. They see optometrists, uh, get glasses, have their eyes checked, and that kind of thing. And then we hear of ophthalmologist. What's the difference between an optometrist and ophthalmologist, in case anyone out there is wondering? It's actually three O's of eye care, but the optometrist, the optometrist is we consider ourselves the primary care providers of eye care. We're the general practitioners of eye care. So we'll do the comprehensive, the routine comprehensive eye exams. As you said, we'll correct vision with glasses, contact lenses. We'll identify through our examinations or if someone comes with a specific complaint, eye disease, the different tests that we do. We can treat those eye diseases ourselves, but there may be certain instances in which you might need a specialist to go to, and that's when ophthalmology starts to get involved. You know, op- ophthalmologists will do routine eye exams as well, too, not to say they won't, but the ophthalmologist, um, because eye care has become so specialized, um, if we have a specific problem that needs additional care above and beyond, we're going to send you off to an ophthalmologist just to be complete. So the optician, we can't forget the third O of eye care, the optician is an individual who's been trained in glasses, um, the selling, the fitting, the selection of glasses, and there's a lot that goes into that process that should not be overlooked. Are opticians, are they licensed by the state? Opticians, uh, they are licensed. They do have licensing, um, different examinations and things that they do pass apprenticeships programs that they go through to learn their schools, or their skills, so yes. And uh, the difference in training and an optometrist. uh, Both ophthalmologists and optometrists will have their four-year bachelor degree. They take their four-year degree. Uh, After their bachelor is obtained, uh, at that point, an optometrist will then go to optometry school for his doctorate Mm -hmm. in optometry. It's a four-year program. The ophthalmologist will go for his four years or her four years to medical school like I would say, general medical, but medical school for four years, and then the ophthalmologist then will go to additional training two years um, for their, I believe it's their residency that they do, their specializations then come after that. So the beginning is very similar, and then how we then branch into the specialization of eye care, that's where things begin to diverge. You know, from time to time we should have eye exams, have some professional look at our eyes, um, some people, I, I assume, go for years without eye exams, but what's the recommended frequency for how often you should go get an eye exam? I tell my patients, anyone who asks, give me the age of the patient, and I will tell you why we should mm-hmm. see that individual on a yearly basis. Once a year, I think, is, an, is a great way to, as you call at the beginning a couple of times, our most precious gift having someone check your eyes on a yearly basis with a comprehensive eye exam, which I think is important to understand, comprehensive eye exam is a great idea. Well, what is a comprehensive eye exam? I I just think if you go in for 
And eye exam, you sit down, sit in a chair, uh, look at a chart, cover your eye, and see how many letters you can read. Right. What, what's more than that? Well, that, you know, visual acuity, and that's when you read an eye chart, is obviously an important part of an eye exam mm-hmm. to see how well that individual sees. We then want to verify, can we make you see even better, again, through glasses, contact lenses. And actually, many times, individuals come into my office, and they don't need any correction, and off they go. But as part of that comprehensive exam, we must make sure that those eyes are working well as a team, which we call binocularity, how the eyes work as a team. You may notice some individuals will have eye turn, deviation of the eyes. Their eyes don't work as a team. And we also need to make sure that those eyes are nice and healthy. And there's a lot of testing that goes along that I'm afraid that sometimes does get overlooked if we're not getting what is considered a comprehensive eye exam. The biggest one, for instance, is I dilate every patient's pupils every single time when they come in. I know it's not popular, but there is no substitute for that. There are certain devices or cameras that may be presented as alternatives to the dilation, but even the individuals that sell those cameras will admit that they do not take the place of the dilated eye exam. Now we're talking about uh, opening up the iris of the eye so you right. could look inside. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you put the drop in the eye, and then the iris opens. The pupil then gets larger, and then when I shine my bright lights inside of the eyes, I get my best unobstructed view. I would assume for younger people you're looking for real healthy eyes, but as people get over 60 years old, what are you looking for? Well, since you gave a specific age, then I'll say, okay, <laughs> silver. Pretty specific. Close <laughs> over, to home. Over, over 60, over 60, you do start to look for. And it's not even, you know, to consider eye diseases. There are natural changes that occur that need to be attended to or considered. For instance, mm-hmm. cataract. Everyone's familiar with the word cataract. But we really don't consider cataract a disease of the eye. Cataract is a clouding of, there's a lens inside of our eye that sits behind the iris. It's a clouding of that lens that's absolutely normal. Cataract formation is no more a disease of your eye than the graying of your hair is a disease of hair. That lens begins to lose its transparency normally, and then eventually it gets to be so hazed up then it needs to have consideration, again, through an ophthalmologist, surgery to have that lens removed and replaced with a clear lens, a plastic lens. But then again, there are also other, again, you mentioned over 60, other eye diseases. There's, for instance, glaucoma, a very serious eye disease. And actually, it's funny, glaucoma, you, you mention it, but that's always a hot topic in the office. But glaucoma, had a lot of patients this last week that were treating and questions, etc. But But glaucoma is a disease in which pressure in the eye starts to build up and causes damage to the optic nerve. And that is a completely symptomless eye disease. We have no, I always say, stretch receptors in our eyeball that can feel the pressure building up within the eye. We don't have anything like Hmm. that to feel that pressure. How do you check it? We have different ways to check the pressure within the eye. Most people are familiar with the air puff test. Mm -hmm. I have other methods, too, that don't use air. It actually makes contact with the eye to measure what that pressure is within the eye. And there's a wide range, and if you want to talk about it now later or not, but there's a wide range of what is considered normal pressure. So when a patient will say to me, like happened actually several times this week, that's why I mentioned that, what was my pressure? And then they have an idea what they think to be a normal pressure. What what are the normal? I know we we need to know our blood pressure already. What, what are the numbers for glaucoma? Well, that's that's the thing, and that came up actually several times. I don't know if there was something on TV mm-hmm. or radio that really sparked that question, but there is no normal number. I mean, and to give you a range, I, I could tell you the normal range is between, let's say, 10 and 25 mm-hmm. millimeters of mercury. That's what it's measured in. But that's a wide range of, of pressure, and that's not how glaucoma-like blood pressure works. With blood pressure, when your blood pressure gets to a certain point, then they say, okay, you've got high blood pressure. We need to treat your blood pressure. But that's not the way interocular pressure, the pressure within the eye, works. It's got more to do with the optic nerve's tolerance of any pressure within the eye. We all have an optic nerve that plugs into the back of our eyeball that takes that information back to the brain, the sight information. And there's a wide range of what pressures can be tolerated by the optic nerve. So, for instance, an individual who may have a pressure of, let's pick a number, 18, it's a normal within 10 to 25, 18 
this year and it would be 18 next year, but if for some reason the optic nerve loses its ability to tolerate the pressure within the eye, that 18 next year could be harmful where this year it is not harmful. Are there any warnings of uh, impending problems with the optic nerve that would take some time, or is it just a sudden failure of the optic nerve? Well, that's a great, that's a great question because, unfortunately, glaucoma is... A symptomless disease and and we always use that expression because we mentioned that you cannot feel pressure building up in the eye and the loss of sight blindness and I think we said this last time or a couple times ago but the loss of sight is not blackness when you close your eyes that's not what it looks like to be blind blindness is the loss of any vision it's almost more like what your vision looks like behind your head it's not black back behind your head it's nothingness so the nothingness of the loss of sight with glaucoma creeps in from the outside in and as it creeps in by time you realize that you're not seeing off to the sides irreparable damage is done and that is the bottom line unfortunately when you start to have damage to the optic nerve that damage doesn't come back we're talking to a pantrist doctor Dun Cameron. We're talking about glaucoma for the moment, but we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with Dr. Cameron, and uh, we're going to talk more about uh, different things that can go wrong with your eyes and why you need to get eye exams on a regular basis. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. Don't go away. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents... Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of the Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. When you need passionate and thought-provoking insights, AM 1420 is your answer. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. We're talking about eye health tonight with Dr. Donald Kammer. Uh, again, Dr. Kammer, thank you for joining us. Thank you again. I'll uh, give you a little plug here. Where your office is at? Oh, thank you. Yeah, a little freebie <laughs> commercial here. We appreciate your time. Sure. I've got two locations. I have one in Middleburg Heights, right near the intersection of Pearl and Bagley. And then I have a second in the West Park area in Cam's Plaza, right where Lorraine and Rocky River Drive intersect. 
Well, thank you for the commercial. You're all set. Thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, beside that, we're talking now back to the serious stuff, uh, talking really about the, the worst kinds of eye problems you can have that would result in blindness. And we're talking about glaucoma. Uh, during the break, we were talking about West Nile virus and, um, and, and how that can have some effect on vision and actually result in blindness, which I never thought of. What's now virus? Uh, it, it's a viral infection, uh, flu-like right, symptoms. The, what the happens? Mosquitoes, here? The mosquito bite sure. is, is, the, is how the virus is transmitted. But what what happened in, in in general? What you know, just as far as disease is concerned, um, high blood pressure resulted, and you know you start to speak then about uh, high blood pressure and diabetes and different diseases that we can. Acquire as the years go by, and then how they can affect, you know, the eyes. I, I think of the eye as almost a microcosm of the rest of the body. There's very little a body that is not represented within the eye. Connective tissues like in our joints, nervous tissues as part of our central nervous system, uh, you know, the blood vessels, the vascular system. All of those systems are represented within the eye. So diseases, for instance, high blood pressure is a disease which eventually affects the blood vessels, as, as does diabetes. Mm-hmm. But high blood pressure affects the blood vessels, the blood flow through the blood, uh, through the blood vessels, and then how that tissue is nourished. For instance, we mentioned about the optic nerve losing its tolerance to pressure. Well, you can imagine the blood vessels to the optic nerve, if they're affected, the optic nerve then is not well nourished, and when it's not well nourished, it loses its strength, it loses its vitality. So a, a pressure that was normal at one moment then is now doing damage because the tissue is losing its vitality, and that's where high blood pressure causes you know, vascular damage. Diabetes, another disease in which vascular damage occurs due to the disease process. So as the blood vessels are losing their vitality, the body reacts, for instance, in diabetes by growing different blood vessels. It tries to nourish and fortify the tissue by growing new blood vessels, but the problem is those new blood vessels are not good quality. And we are talking about a tissue like the retina or the macula, which is the area specific on the retina for central vision. Those tissues, when the blood supply is not good or it's those quality blood vessels start to leak, more damage is done than good in those instances. So that systemic disease, that diabetes, that high blood pressure, then sort of cascades or snowballs into worse problems. We we talked about uh, the West Nile virus um, that that results and can result in elevated blood pressures. That was one of the one of the yeah that was one, the symptom one of the symptoms presented and, itself. Sure. And with uncontrolled high blood pressure, how does that uh, affect the vascularization of say the retina around the optic nerve? Right. Well, the the, the blood vessels are under you know the the high blood pressure. Uh, they they have damage occurs damage occurs to those blood vessels they start to change in caliber they start to change in rigidity Uh, the blood vessels will start to cross over each other and notch into each other and cause damage they become leaky they leak protein which is almost like a glue-like substance that causes damage then itself to the retina and again, all of that stuff becomes permanent that as the retina is damaged. It's like the film in a camera, if we remember cameras. <laughs> but I, 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 I date myself, exactly. But but uh, but the film in the camera, once that film is damaged, it's just not going to recover back. When we talk about damage to the vascularization of the retina and, and blood vessels and that kind of thing, how does that translate into damage to the optic nerve and to glaucoma? Well, it has more to do, again, with uh, the optic nerve, imagining it like a, a string or a, or a wire, a drinking straw or something, a, a tunnel, taking information back to the brain. Because it's such a highly metabolic tissue, there's so much transpiring on that tissue to get the information of vision from the retina back to the brain because there's so much metabolism etc it relies on a lot of blood vessels a lot of blood supply so if the blood pressure causes the elevated blood pressure damages that blood vessel then you can imagine that that damage is you know it's going to 
interrupt the blood flow to the retina, interrupt the blood flow to the optic nerve. When that tissue is not getting its good nourishment, it begins to break down, and then that breakdown is, that's the damage. Well, now for the good news, I hope. <laughs> it depends on what you say next, I guess. And that is, uh, when you do an exam and you dilate the eye and you take a look at, well, we shine a bright light into the eye and you look at the retina and you look at the blood vessels, and you see the beginnings of this kind of thing. Are there treatments that can be done that can prevent this outcome of blindness? That's a great question. And, and the answer is, and, and it's funny because you say what I say, and it's, it's got to do with, honestly, how long it goes undetected. The every, Again, part of the comprehensive eye exam always includes a blood pressure test. I test your blood pressure when you come in. I'm going to do that just to give myself a red flag. I do not diagnose. I do not treat blood pressure, but I take that reading so that if it is elevated, I'm going to have a conversation and say to the patient, look, you've got elevated blood pressure. But then I look inside of the eyes, and not to get too much into the specifics, but there are there are very specific types of changes that begin that begin where the blood vessels start to show signs of blood pressure problems. If we can catch those problems at that point, not only would we save you know the retina from undergoing damage, but I'll even say it: elevated blood pressure causes coronary artery disease, can lead to stroke. I mean that that can be life saving. That can be a life saving thing where you come in for your eye exam. So I don't want to sound self serving, but you know again that's just a uh, another part of a comprehensive eye exam where we're we're paying attention to more than just the health of the eye. I'm thinking about the whole body, and that goes with diabetes. Eye exams can show signs of multiple sclerosis. I mean, can show signs of of of, uh, of joint arthritis. Even inflammatory bowel can be represented. You can see inflammatory bowel conditions due to the connective tissue disorders that occur. So the comprehensive eye exam, again, I'm not saying that if you go get your eye exams, that substitutes for good physical, good care, et cetera, as far as the rest of your body, but it can show up as diseases like that. Has it uh, appeared after you know, seeing a number of patients where you see these uh, pre conditions that uh, the patient actually follows up and they come back regularly years later and they still have not had problems? Yes. Yes. So it works. If I'm understanding what you're asking me, yeah, there have been plenty of instances in which I'll make that recommendation to the patient and, and they come back and I'm glad to say it's 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 a double-edged sword. It's I'm glad to say that they've gotten those issues addressed, and then they make it a non-issue. I tell people, we live in the year 2019, not 1719. We have ways to deal with these types of problems through medications. We understand lifestyle changes, modifications, dietary changes, etc. And we can get these things taken care of. If your doctor brings out a because you've got high blood pressure, you probably should look for health care somewhere else. We're a little bit more sophisticated than that now. Let's take advantage of it. Let's keep ourselves healthy. And that's going to help as far as health care in general is concerned. I don't want to get off the subject, but... No, but we don't have to have bleeding anymore. Right, right. right. Get rid of those nasty humors. Right. Oh, my goodness. Well, definitely, you know, an optometrist does a lot more than just give you a prescription for glasses and you look for these things. And as you mentioned... Uh, at least a year is maybe a good baseline to start. Uh, with regard, and, and we're running out of time, but uh, I'd like to come back and talk again about things like macular degenerations, sure. diabetic retinopathies, and uh, other eye diseases that uh, an early detection, you, you give us the good answers that if they're detected early. That's exactly right. That's when you can actually do something about them. So um, anyway, we'll get... Uh, hopefully people will go over to you or get to their optometrist wherever they are sure. and uh, and watch those eyes. Uh, we're, we're unfortunately out of time, but I did have some questions about the sun and exposure to sun and sunglasses oh, and all that okay. good stuff. That'll have to wait for another oh, time because okay. uh, we're, we're just there. But uh, anyway, uh, Dr. Donald Cameron, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Appreciate uh, hearing about the scary stuff of eyes, and uh, there's, there's hope. You did give the good answers at the end. Absolutely. Thank you. As a pleasure, privilege. Oh, my, my pleasure. Well, uh, that was Dr. Donald Kammer talking about eye health. Uh, you can hear this again on the station website, whkradio.com, 
and go to the podcast <clears throat> for tonight's show, and you'll be able to hear uh, the details of Dr. Cameron's interview. We'll be right back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be right back. I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance. WHKRadio.com is the answer for you and your burning questions. Listen online to AM 1420 The Answer for the latest news, sincere opinions, and profound insights at WHKRadio.com. How's your back? Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Welcome back to Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about diabetes, uh, and, and we talk about diabetes from time to time on this program because it's such a persistent problem, a health problem in this country that uh, afflicts uh, so many people. I'm sure we all know people, especially as they get older, develop type 2 diabetes and uh, are, are probably wondering, what does that mean? What can they do? Well, tonight we have Dr. Kent Sassy, who is a national expert on the issue of diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and is uh, joining us tonight to talk about uh, the, the nature of diabetes and what can be done about it. And uh, is it reversible? I think is the big question. Dr. Sassy, thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, where are you calling from tonight? Uh, Reno, Nevada. I'm uh, faculty here at the University of Nevada School of Medicine, and right here in Reno, where it's just starting to turn fall. <laughs> oh my goodness! Hey, well, well, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your your training, and your area of specialization. Well, I trained uh, in uh, San Francisco at the School of Medicine, and then went into general surgery, and found myself curiously uh, seeing people battling not just type 2 diabetes, but obesity. And so my training went on to include what's called metabolic surgery nowadays, which is 
um, kind of an overlap of weight loss surgery, but is really aimed at creating a reversal or improvement in, in type 2 diabetes. And so that's what I've focused my career on now for these last, uh, oh, 25 years. For people who've heard of diabetes, and I, I think we all have, uh, and we hear of type 1, type 2, what is the difference? Well, today, about 95% of diabetes is type 2 diabetes, and that's really the one we're talking about the most uh, in our field. Uh, type 1 diabetes, what we used to refer to as juvenile diabetes, has to do with uh, a more congenital problem with secretion of insulin from the pancreas that's, that's uh, faulty for a number of reasons. Um, and while that is, of course, uh, a very serious problem and deserves all of our attention, uh, about 95% of diabetes today is uh, type 2, which, as you said, is something that we tend to get as we age. Uh, it does have a genetic component as well, but importantly, it has a big component and influence from our weight. So obesity is a big driver of type 2 diabetes. Now, when we talk about obesity, uh, what what happens when we start getting overweight and uh, it seems like over half the the uh, population is overweight by the uh, by the standards that are set out there, and right. uh, what what comes to mind also is the term pre-diabetes. Uh, as it's a process, right. as you're aging and gaining weight, uh, does everyone pass through a pre-diabetic state, and, and what is that? Yeah, we think so. We think it's a gradual progression, and uh, it's true that this is quite a widespread problem, as you uh, mentioned in the introduction. Um, we know that about 30 million Americans already have full-blown type 2 diabetes, uh, which is just an astronomical number compared to decades past. But there's another 84 million of us who have pre-diabetes. So we're talking about a substantial part of the adult population. And as we age, we think there are a number of mechanisms, but the kind of primary umbrella mechanism is that our tissues and our cells uh, become resistant to our body's circulating insulin. And so as a result, our body doesn't quite know how to use the glucose, the blood sugar, and get it into our cells and put it to work. And instead, it floats out there in the bloodstream, and we have elevated blood sugars which causes a lot of damage, it turns out. That leads to all kinds of problems with a bunch of important organs in the body, our retinas, eyes, our toes, and uh, kidneys, and heart. So uh, it creates this uh, very severe, but kind of silent uh, progression towards some, towards some bad health problems. When you mention insulin resistance, uh, I, I'm assuming that most people will continue to have insulin production being done normally by the pancreas, but uh, what what makes the resistance? Um, well, it's right that most people with type 2 diabetes do continue to uh, make pretty normal amounts of insulin, although we're understanding more and more um, in recent years that there are quite a few subtypes of type 2 diabetes, and there are some who over time also lose the ability to produce insulin properly. Um, but by and large, what you said is, is what we think is correct. And um, there are believed to be a number of different mechanisms by which insulin resistance uh, forms. And uh, that's an area of uh, scientific study that um, is somewhere where we really need to develop some breakthroughs because a lot of people think that uh, it's kind of at that cellular level, at the heart of it, where we can look at transport proteins and a number of the uh, genetic uh, influences on the different kinds of proteins in the cell um, that might lead to some breakthroughs in the future for, for type 2 diabetes. Well, what are some of the signs and symptoms of prediabetes that uh, someone might uh, want to recognize and, and then take some steps for before it, it starts turning into full-blown diabetes or di uh, type 2 diabetes uh, requiring insulin injections and all of that? Right. Well, uh, I guess the, the biggest message is that there generally are not symptoms. So uh, well, part great. of the <laughs> problem of getting the word out is that most people uh, feel just fine <laughs> and uh, you know, don't re recognize that something is starting to go awry with the metabolism. Um, but it, it's, a, it's 
it's a surefire sign that you're at risk for it if if you're carrying around significant extra pounds and you know more and more of us are battling extra weight and while that is you know inconvenient and we can have some achy knees and feet and back and so forth most of us kind of feel like we're doing okay uh, but it's really uh, under the under the radar that silently we're we're developing prediabetes, and so it's recommended that people get a, a simple blood test to test for that. It's called the hemoglobin A1C, and it is a, a very good marker. It's a very good accurate test, and it'll tell us whether we are in a safe zone or whether we have pre-diabetes or whether we've already progressed to type 2 diabetes. Now, we're all habits of numbers, uh, like most of us are, who are watching our health know about our cholesterol rates and uh, our uh, body mass index and all of these things. Uh, with regard to A1C, what what is sort of the ranges? What What is normal? What is the pre-diabetic range? And where is frank type 2 diabetes? Uh, well, it's recorded as a percentage. So uh, it what it is referring to is the percentage of our hemoglobin molecules, so these uh, important proteins that are on our red blood cells, how much, what percent of them have um, blood sugars that have gotten attached to them, kind of like barnacles, they've sort of glommed onto these proteins. And so anything under 5.7% is considered a healthy range and non-diabetic, but anything over 5.7% is pre-diabetic, and once you cross over 6.3%, then that is type 2 diabetes. Uh, so those are super helpful numbers, um, and we use them all the time, uh, screening for uh, people and then also following it over time as they embark on treatments. Now, from what I understand of A1C testing, it's something that you can't skip a candy bar the morning of the blood test and think you'll lower your A1C. Is that uh, based on a longer term of, uh, I guess, status or situation with regard to how much glucose is in the blood? Yes, you, you've got it exactly right. Um, if you skip the candy bar, that will affect that day's blood sugar, so the serum glucose would be lower. Uh, but it's not going to affect the hemoglobin A1C, which we think of as more of a snapshot over the last, oh, three months or so. Uh, and so that's why we think it's such an accurate uh, measurement. Um, so it's quite useful, and uh, there have been uh, large uh, studies that have validated its helpfulness at predicting um, the course of diabetes. Well, we're going to take a short break uh, in a moment. We're talking to Dr. Kent Sassy from Reno, Nevada, a medical doctor who focuses on type 2 diabetes. And we're going to talk about the connection with weight and what can be done about it and whether or not diabetes is uh, likely to be reversible or not. And if so, what do you need to do about it and how weight management uh, and weight surgery can have something to do with that. So... Uh, again, we're enjoying talking to Dr. Sassy. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate. Don't go away. We'll be right back. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential 
coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. How's your back? Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free children the product of a married couple who were once in love unfortunately sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced this is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults the law firm of phillips and millie offers advice and representation in family law matters remember your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of middleburg heights telephone 440-243-2800 Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. Uh, we're talking about type 2 diabetes and uh, how to not just live with it, but how to get rid of it. And uh, to tell us the details of that, we have Dr. Kent Sassy, who is an expert medical doctor on the issue of diabetes. Dr. Sassy, thank you for joining us again. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, what I just mentioned is, is type 2 diabetes something that... Uh, can be reversed and uh, eradicated out of your life? And if so, how do you do that? It really is. Uh, You know, it used to not be much of the conversation uh, historically uh, in the treatment of type 2 diabetes. Uh, We kind of accepted it as something that had come along and was a product of age and, and weight and genetics. And once it came on, you sort of had to Uh, do a few things to treat it and then find ways to reduce the risks from it. But we didn't talk much about actually reversing it or curing it. Uh, But that all changed when metabolic surgery came along and uh, what began as an effort to uh, create weight loss surprisingly started resulting in the complete reversal of type 2 diabetes. Uh, curiously, it would happen sometimes within just a few days uh, of the surgery taking place. And so we started to see papers in the scientific literature kind of puzzling over why this was happening. Uh, but gradually over time, we've, we've learned more and more about it. And it's, uh, it's led to some real uh, keys about how to actually reverse diabetes and not simply treat it. Well, well let's talk about the whys. Uh, you, you mentioned metabolic surgery and how you could see results within days of the surgery. Now, from, from what I've heard and read about diabetes is that when we talk about insulin resistance, many times it's related to uh, having excess fat uh, in the body and you have the insulin resistance going on somehow associated with large quantities of body fat. Uh, if you have surgery, you're not going to lose the fat immediately unless you're, you're removing fat. Uh, what, what actually is the surgery you're talking about? Well, you've hit on the million-dollar question. So the short answer is that we don't fully know. Um, The longer answer is that we've identified quite a few mechanisms, but none of them quite seems to be the the full explanation for what happens. Um, But what we think uh, happens is that immediately after the surgery, um, which, by the way, today there are a couple of them, and they, they really are 
sort of a 45-minute laparoscopy procedure, uh, and we can touch on that later, but that are, have a safety profile that is just as strikingly safer and lower than almost everything else we're doing nowadays in surgery. But in any case, uh, a subset of people have this immediate reversal of the type 2 diabetes by a hormonal mechanism. Um, and while we've got some indication that uh, some important hormones make a dramatic shift right away after the surgery, uh, we don't yet know which one is really the kind of the key to creating the diabetes reversal. Hmm. And that's a subset, and that might be, oh, 25% of people. The rest uh, are what we refer to as weight-dependent mechanisms. And so that's a little bit more like what you said, that as time goes by, we lose weight, we, we burn off fat, and, and the fat itself melts away, pounds go away, and the blood sugar tracks this weight loss over time so that gradually over the next six months, people uh, fall to normal blood sugars once again, and so it's kind of a slower reversal. Is that so it's just, a combination of mechanisms. Is the uh, reversion back to normal blood sugars, is that merely because of the reduction in body fat, uh, or is there some other mechanism that's uh, an adjunct to that? Hmm. Um, I'm not sure we know the answer to that. There are uh, some clues in body fat because the fat cells themselves produce hormones that we think are associated with uh, insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes, um, but there may be something about body weight in other ways that's not strictly fat, so I'm not sure we have the answer to that quite yet. Uh, what increasingly I think we're seeing is that uh, type 2 diabetes uh, is a complicated process and there may be a whole bunch of different mechanisms by which it comes on and by which it is resolving after after this uh, uh, peculiar surgery that, that takes place. Now tell us about the surgery uh, because uh, you know, I'm intrigued by you mentioning that immediately or shortly after the surgery there is diabetic changes for the good and uh, right. so it, it sounds like something more is happening than just restricting the consumption of food. That's, that's absolutely right, yes. You know, when um, surgeons before me uh, were seeing diabetes reversal um, and they were starting to tell colleagues about it, uh, generally everyone thought, well, this must just be because we've, you know, done something at the stomach that's kind of like wiring our jaw shut, you know. We cut down on calories and therefore your energy intake is lower, blood sugar's lower, and with time weight loss leads to improved blood sugar. But really, um, the effects start immediately. So in our practice, somewhere in the range of 20 or 25% of people who walk into the hospital with type 2 diabetes actually walk out with normal blood sugars and they're not on medications. So it's incredibly uh, striking. And that is... Uh, in large part due to this abrupt change in the body chemistry. Uh, we think it's hormonally mediated, meaning that the stomach tissues themselves, uh, by altering them, they seem to alter the hormone profile in the bloodstream, and you have this kind of reset of blood sugar and body weight, and, and it seems to reverse some of the insulin resistance right away. But for other people, for 75% of people, it's a much more gradual process. So. Uh, for reasons we don't yet know, they don't experience that same abrupt change, uh, but with time and with weight loss, the blood sugar starts to normalize. You know, in your materials, uh, you, you raise another issue uh, that uh, caught my attention, and is that uh, the alternative to the weight reduction, <laughs> excuse me, weight reduction issue, is uh, basically relying on pharmaceutical, uh, pharmaceutical heavy approaches to treating diabetes and pre-diabetes, and you mentioned it's a recipe for disaster, and I, I think of the sort of the classic uh, drug, metformin. Uh, what what does that do, and, and is that dangerous, and if so, why? Um, well, you, you've probably picked uh, my favorite of the drugs, now, and I, before I <laughs> condemn yeah. the, the shots and pills, which I, I am apt to do a little bit, uh, I should say that uh, metformin has proven to be a pretty darn helpful drug, 
Um, and it seems to act in a couple of different ways, but one way is by boosting our natural insulin production. Um, and it seems to have some real positive effects, uh, not just reducing the blood sugar numbers, but it may reduce the, the uh, damage that's being done uh, by those blood sugar molecules glomming onto other important proteins. Um, so, uh, you know, it has to, it really it takes a combination uh, of approaches to treat diabetes. And another thing I'll say is that the uh, diabetologists and, and endocrinologists have actually made some good strides in uh, improving diabetes care. But overall, the really the big the big problem is that here we have tens of millions of people who are. Uh, suffering with this problem, and the, the medication approach mostly does not stop the silent, deadly progression of the disease. This is the real. Uh, this is the problem that really uh, gets us frustrated. Is that there are um, now twelve randomized controlled trials examining metabolic surgery directly compared to intensive medical management of type two diabetes, and it is as proven as anything in medicine that the metabolic surgery is far more effective. And then right from right from Cleveland and the Cleveland Clinic, you have some excellent research showing that the metabolic surgery really does reduce those health consequences that come down the road. You have less heart attacks, you have less deaths, less kidney failure, all the really meaningful things that keep people from spending time with their grandkids. Well, and, yeah, very... That sort of thing. Very good. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, Dr. Sassy for joining us tonight. If you would like to read more about this, you can uh, look uh, for Dr. Sassy's book called The Type 2 Diabetic Cure, Diabetes Cure, because um, I, I think it uh, affects everybody we know, and we, ha- we should do that. Dr. Sassy, thank you for your time tonight. Oh, thank you so much. My, my pleasure, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset, sat and drank my fresh mint tea, with nothing to do until morning, and only my mind for company. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.